Good morning. That was pathetic. I said, good morning. Oh, that's right. You're very quiet this morning. Are you always that quiet? Yeah, I know. Well, don't be quiet. Do you, know the, do, you know, do you understand the power of agreement? So when somebody's preaching, you, you have to encourage the preacher, but you also have to make what God's saying to you your own. So that means this morning, when I'm preaching and I say something that you want to make as your own, you've got to shout out something. Might be amen or come on or... I'm taking it, you can shout out what you like. And then if I shout out, if I start to preach something that gets you really excited, I want you to shout out, preach it, brother. (laughs) Amen? Some of you look at me like. (laughs) And then if I get out of the anointing and start to waffle a bit, I want you to shout out, help him, Jesus. Help him, Jesus. Amen? Don't take any notice of the guy in the front. It's good to be with you. Thank you, Pastor Don and Penny, for the privilege of being with you. And um, I'm excited to be here because I feel, I was saying to the leaders yesterday, I, I, I feel God has given me a word for, for you as a church and um, uh, probably uh, for Church Unlimited and the other campuses as well. That's probably a strong a sense of carrying the word of the Lord as I've ever had. And I've been in ministry a long time and traveled extensively. Uh, and uh, so I, I uh, because of the content of what I want to share with you this morning and the implications of it uh, to Church Unlimited and the other campuses, I called Pastor Tark. I don't know him very well. I've known him for a lot of years, but our paths haven't really crossed very much at all until in more recent years. We've sort of been in the same place a couple of times and conferences and what have you. Um, But I rang him to share with him what I was sensing God was saying, and his immediate response to me was to say that he believes this is the word of the Lord to the church right now, and is an answer to things that he and the eldership have been praying about for some time. And I have a sense that, um, that this is a, a make-or-break concept that I want to share with you this morning in terms of the purposes of God in the establishment of uh, different campuses of Church Unlimited around New Zealand. And so I want to take you this morning to... Uh, 2 Kings chapter 2. If you have your Bible, uh, please turn there with me. If you don't have your Bible, why not? Why would you come to church and not bring your Bible? Why would you come to church without something to take notes with? Because if God speaks to you, how many of you come and expect God to speak to you? That was pathetic. I mean, how many of you expect God to... See, you get, Jesus said, be careful how you listen. Because how you listen will determine what you receive. So if we come with a casual attitude, then we're not going to get very much. 
But if we come prepared to hear from God and ready to take note of what he's saying to us so that we don't forget, how many of you have forgotten things God said to you? All of us. You go to bed at night and you start to relax and God starts to talk to you and you, you think, oh, talk to me in the morning. I'll remember that tomorrow. When you get up in the morning, you can't remember. Hello. Everybody say amen. Amen. <laughs> 2 Kings 2 is the story of Elijah and Elisha journeying together. And um, I want to pick it up from verse 9 and read through to verse 15. And we pick up the account as they've just crossed the Jordan River. And Elijah said to Elisha, ask, what may I do for you before I'm taken away from you? And Elisha said, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. I want you to notice he was asking for a double portion of what Elijah carried. His mantle, his spirit. And Elijah responded to him and said, you have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. Then it happened as they continued on and talked that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire, separated the two of them, and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it, and he cried out, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. So he saw him no more. And he took hold of his uh, own clothes and he tore them into two pieces. That's important. Because right then, before he even picks up the mantle, he's already made a decision that this is a moment of major transition for him. He is no longer going to be the same. See, his garments speak of who he is and what he carries and what he's all about. And he's laying all that and he's actually destroying it. So that he might pick up, and of course he, he also took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him, and he went back and he stood by the bank of the Jordan, he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him, struck the water, and said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had struck the water, it was divided this way and that, Elisha crossed over. Now when the sons of the prophets who were in Jericho saw uh, it, they said, the spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. Every generation is meant to go further than the previous generation. And uh, that's God's intention. To carry the mantle of the apostolic father into the next generation so that nothing is lost and nothing is wasted, but that mantle is passed on with increased power and authority. And um, the first miracle that Elisha did after he received that mantle was to permanently heal the flow of spirit life into Jericho City. He healed the city permanently. And so the double portion anointing could be seen as a city healing anointing. To change a city, change a region, change a nation. And um, it, it, to have a major uh, impact across our community. 
And I believe that's the call of God coming to the campus with a new emphasis as you've entered into a new era. And you've been on this journey for a couple of years. But I want to say to you that when you, when you shifted from Crossroads Community Church and the leadership made the decision to become a campus of Church Unlimited, that was not a change of season. That was a change of era. Everything changed. Or should I say, everything began a process of total change. And the significance of that kind of change can be lost. But we look deeper into the background of um, the double portion. We find the key to receiving the double portion is discipleship. Because in verse 10, when Elijah says to him, you've asked a difficult thing, but... If you follow me closely right to the end, you'll receive it. Otherwise, you won't. And how many of you know that as they're walking along and we read that their horses and chariot, you know, separate them and Elisha sees that, but Elijah didn't go up and the chariot, he went up in a whirlwind. And very often at times of strategic change and breakthrough, there's a lot of confusion and a lot of distractions. And so he has to stay because he knows that if he misses it, he, he won't receive the mantle. He won't carry what Elijah's carrying. And he will miss the purposes of God. And so there's an intensity in his focus. There's an intentionality in his walk. He can't miss the moment. And so his eyes are focused and fixed upon Elijah as they do the journey together. How many know that's a hard thing? And so he had to follow him and stay close to him. He had to learn all the lessons of being a disciple, to walk through the challenges of processing change and shifting his mindsets and processing the frustrations and disappointments and all of those kind of things and still be in the right position when time came. And... Uh, and, you know, discipleship involves some, some critical things. Jesus talked about the cost of discipleship when he said you have to deny yourself. Take up your cross daily, follow me, so on. But see, denying myself basically means I have to be willing to yield everything. So I have to be prepared to change my value system my perspectives, my mindsets. I have to embrace a different way of life. And the question that all of us face is, will I pay the price? And it's not about giving up good things, it's about exchanging them for better things with a greater potential and a greater opportunity. See? The other thing I notice about discipleship has to do with the routines and habits of life. Because, you know, the habits of life, the disciplines of your life determine your future. The habits and disciplines and routines of our life either drive us towards greater success or they keep us in mediocrity. The, the only difference between highly successful people and people that are less successful is that highly successful people are prepared to do what less successful people will do. 
in terms of the disciplines and habits of their life. If you do any research, and I have spent a lot of years looking at this whole thing of personal development, how to do life well, I believe that Christians should be the highest achievers on the planet within the context of their, you know, their working and gifting and wherever God's placed them. How many, how many believe that? I mean, you know, you have access to the wisdom of God. You've been led by the Spirit. You, you, come on, you carry an anointing. It doesn't depart. See? And... Um, And so, as a disciple, you and I, we have to change our habits and learn and practice the habits of the life uh, that have taken Pastor Tark to where he is today, so that you are positioned to carry what he carries. Um, You know, you can't carry what he carries if you don't walk where he walks. How many understand that? See, see, Pastor Tark, as I said before, I don't know him very well. I I'm kind of getting to know him a little bit in the last year or two, I guess. But some of the things I notice about him is, for instance, he highly values prayer and he understands the power of prayer. If you are going to carry what this church is meant to carry as a church unlimited center of revival for the nation, many of you have got to change your perspective about prayer. Because the Bible says that when righteous people pray, it releases tremendous power. I'm trying, brother, I'm trying. How many of you know that the Bible says if two of you agree together in relation to anything and you take that to your heavenly Father, he will respond. How many of you know you don't believe that? Because if you believed it, it would change your prayer life right there. We give mental agreement to it because it's in the Bible, but we have no conviction about it, so it doesn't change the way we go about life. But if you're going to be church unlimited and be the house of revival and see significant change, that double portion anointing that brings healing to the city and region, you have to learn how to pray. Good morning. How many of you wish you hadn't come right now? It's all right, I'm only here today. The other thing I noticed about Pastor Taki has a very high value on being led by the Holy Spirit. One of the biggest deceptions of our day is the deception of being led by our intellect rather than being led by the Spirit of God. The concept of the Holy Spirit leading you is not an ethereal, mystical concept for a few select people. You are filled with the Spirit. If you're not, you need to be filled with the Spirit. And the thing is, you need to continually be filled because you leak. You've got cracks. Your vessel's got cracks. So you have to come back and be filled and be filled and be filled. And I want to talk about that that tonight. One of the things the Lord said to me in coming here is that he wants to restore people's hunger for the visitation of God. Because you can't generate hunger. It's got to be something that God, by his grace, begins to work in us. And you need to be led by the Holy Spirit. You need to learn how to wait on God and hear his voice and how to be still before him so that he can show you that he is God in your world. 
Those are the values. just two things that I, I know about Pastor Tuck. So if I'm going to be a disciple of him, I've got to embrace that. I've got to change whatever I need to change and shift whatever I need to shift to begin to embrace that so that I can carry what he carries. And so that as a congregation, we begin to see the kind of impact that he's had in West Auckland over recent years. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Cost, routines, attitudes, humility, remaining teachable, being respectful, walking in submission. That's what it means to honor somebody. This is how the anointing flows. So it's in Psalm 133, the same anointing that flows on the head is meant to flow right to the hems of the garment. That means everybody that's part of Church Unlimited should be carrying the same anointing. Come on, somebody. The same grace, the same manifestation of the presence and power of God, the same breakthrough anointing and apostolic influence. You are apostolic people. You are sent people. Come on, somebody. And uh, anyway... There we go. I want to talk to you primarily about discipleship, but there's something else that I want you to notice before we get there, and that is this. What you come under, you access. It's a spiritual principle. When you come under a mantle, under an anointing, under a leadership, you access what they carry. And in the purpose of God, the multiplying of Church Unlimited campuses is about campus leadership teams individually, corporately, carrying the same mantle as Pastor Tark, and that anointing, that DNA, that culture, that set of values flowing down through the whole congregation so that it multiplies the effectiveness and the city and regions around the nation get impacted, and we ensure that the mantle is passed to successive generations. One of the things I said to the leaders uh, yesterday uh, was this, that if you track back through the history of um, leadership, national, apostolic, prophetic leadership in this nation, there, has, there was a period of time where the Pentecostal movements, all of them, were being led by, by men and sometimes, you know, groups of men that carried a prophetic apostolic breakthrough anointing, but they never passed the mantle on to the next generation. And so the leadership of those movements became primarily pastor-teacher gifted people. And so everything plateaued out. Because there was no longer prophetic breakthrough happening. And God is raising up in this season uh, men and women in the nation that carry a prophetic apostolic breakthrough for the nation again. And Pastor Tark is one of them. Hello. If you can't see that, give yourself a smack on the side of the head. Amen. Look, I mean, you know, it's obvious if we're sensitive, and, and the intention of God is that we don't repeat history, but that the mantle is passed, not just to an individual, but to multiplied people. 
as they begin to position themselves for that. And you receive a greater anointing by uh, honoring the anointing of the apostolic fathers of the previous generation. And your future is tied to your relationship with those God has placed over you. Read your Bible. And so, so the thing is this, and I know you've been uh, two years on the journey. I didn't realize it was that long until Pastor Don was, was chatting yesterday. And, and, um, but, you know, you are no longer an independent, self-governing local church. You are a local campus of one church called Church Unlimited. And in order for the intentions of God to be fully expressed, it means that you have to come under Pastor Tark's mantle, not just under his leadership. That's a, that's a difference. It's more than that. You have to become like him. It goes quiet sometimes when I preach. I've got no idea why. But So let me talk to you about discipleship because the, the key to that mantle being transitioned, the key to the double portion anointing is actually discipleship. So Elijah is talking to Elisha and he says, if you want to carry what I carry and more of that, you know, I think the double portion can be interpreted in all sorts of ways, uh, you know, um, but there is a clear biblical um, perspective with it, but I don't want to get into that this morning. But the fact is, he's saying to Elijah, if you want to carry what I'm carrying, you have to walk with me all the way. You have to become my disciple. And, and he's already been walking with him probably for some years. But he's saying, you can't get casual in this. You can't feel like you've learned enough. You can't feel like you've you know, you've grown enough. You've got to follow me all the way. And, um, and, and, you know, there's three times when you read through that earlier verses in chapter 2 where on this journey, Elijah says to Elisha, God has called me to go on and I don't want you to come. Now, to understand the implication of that, we have to realize that Elisha has given up everything to follow and serve this man. And in fact, the Bible says that he poured water on Elijah's hands, which means he helped him wash his hands before he had a meal. So he served him in menial tasks. He's probably been serving him for some extended period of time. Elijah is his pastor is his spiritual father. He has given up everything, walked away from family, walked away from his income. He's walked away from everything to go with this man. And now Elijah is saying, you know, I've got a fresh revelation from God and, you know, I'm going to move on and it's wonderful, but I don't want you to come. It's, to put it in context, it's like the phone goes in your home. And you pick it up, and it's Pastor Don. And he's excited. He's going, wow, you know, God is just showing me something fresh for the house. And, and this, this, it's just amazing. And, and we're moving on, but I don't want you to come anymore. I don't want you to come to church. I don't want you to go to the home groups anymore. I don't want you to come to the prayer meeting. I don't want you to be involved. Now, how many of you are encouraged right there? 
You go, Pastor Don, but I've been here 10 years. I paid my tithes. I pray for you and Penny every day. I serve in the house. That's exactly the situation. But see, Elijah has made an intentional, genuine, deliberate decision to be a self-motivated disciple. He said, I am not quitting. He says, as long as God's alive, and how many know that's a long time, and as long as you're alive, I will not stop. Now, now the problem is that we have too many people that are looking for excuses to quit. And so they never become all that God intended them to become because they won't complete the journey. Now, I know nobody here is like that, but some places I go, you meet people like that. And see, discipleship is not primarily about leadership. It's about a process of preparation that brings you into a position of receiving a new mantle. Discipleship is a process for the purpose of transferring the mantle into the next generation. So it's about mantle. It's about anointing. It's about wisdom. It's about the insights that an individual carries under the mandate of God. And so disciples must grow to where they accurately emulate the man, the apostolic father. Disciples would go to great lengths in order to accurately emulate their mentor in Bible times. And in the first century, uh, you know, a Jewish man that wanted to become a disciple of the rabbi was expected to leave his family and job and join the rabbi, and they would literally live together 24 hours a day. They would walk together interacting all the time. And in fact, in the early Jewish writings that describe the basic ethics of a disciple's calling, they were, it actually says this, they were to cover, he is to cover himself in the dust of the rabbi's feet. So it means that he's to follow the rabbi so closely that the dust being flicked up from the rabbi's sandals falls on him. So he's literally to walk in his footsteps. In other words, he's learning absolutely everything about the way this rabbi does life. And he's imitating everything because he understands that he's in this awesome privileged position whereby if he learns everything about the rabbi and he's prepared to embrace the changes and, and, make the, and pay the price and, and walk it out, that the day will come when he will carry the rabbi's mantle on into another generation. And of course, Simon and Andrew, James and John, they all knew that's the type of relationship that Jesus was calling them to. And it says in Mark 1 and 20, they immediately walked away, you know, from their family and work and all of that. And it says they, they went after him. They went after the man. I mean, he was the son of God. But how we know in his earthly ministry, he had forsaken, he'd laid all that aside and took upon himself the limitations of humanity. 
So for John and Andrew and, and the rest of them, they weren't following initially the Son of God. They're following a man that's got a message and a vision and they don't know much about him. They don't understand half the things he's saying, but they want to, they recognize that he's calling them to be one of his disciples and that's a privileged thing. And so they're paying the price to follow the man so that at a pointed time, they will be in position to receive the mantle. And how many know they were? They were. And so it means that you can't take what you like and leave what you don't. Now you have to deny yourself. Now that's the price and the pattern of true discipleship. So there's an interesting account in the life of David when he and his men are hiding in the back of a cave and Saul and his army, of course, are hunting for him. And Saul comes into the cave. And David, a couple of David's men want to kill him. And David says no. But he sneaks up behind Saul and he cuts a little bit off the hem of his garment. And Saul goes on out of the cave. And it says that David was smitten in his heart. And it grieved him that he had cut a little bit off the mantle of Saul. And he repeated of it. And you see, garments represent personality. Dress choices say a lot about your personality, about your style, about the way you present yourself, how you, how you go about doing life. And the message is this, that you cannot touch the personality of the man of God that he's set over you. You do not criticize and take negatively the leader's personality, the style, the way they do life. You have to embrace it and become like him. Good morning. That doesn't mean you have to dress like Pastor Tark, but you understand what I'm saying. Instead of going, oh, I like that and I don't like that and I'll take this and I'll take that. You will never become what you're meant to if that's your approach. You're not a disciple. You're, you're deluded if you think you're a disciple and that's the way you think. We're far too independent. And for many people, comfort has become a priority. Lifestyle has become a priority. And so because of the busyness of life, people say, well, you know, I've got to pull back on some things. And they start pulling back on church attendance. They start pulling back on their giving. They start pulling back on their prayer life. And life gets worse. It's not going to get better, friends. Hello. If you honor God, he'll honor you. It's Bible. And... Uh, so disciples who seek to emulate their spiritual father in every way. That's what it's all about. And true apostolic fathers are not controlling, they're releasing. They're not restrictive, but they're empowering. Just look at how many others Pastor Tark has raised, empowered, and released. Look at the church. How would the church in West Auckland grow into over 4,000 in a local congregation if you haven't trained, released, equipped, and empowered a whole bunch of other people? Come on, somebody. And um, so you have to position yourself for that because as you do, you find fulfillment of your own God-given purpose, your own gifts and abilities. And, uh, and so each one of us have to make a deliberate decision uh, to become a genuine disciple of the one that God has placed over us. 
We, we uh, as Pastor Don said, our home church is Planet Shakers. Uh, we were pastoring in West Melbourne and, and God had placed us in West Melbourne for a number of years. And then um, we have known Pastor Russell and Sam for many years and, and just love the culture and what they're doing in the house. And uh, some years ago, when we handed over the churches in um, Melbourne, uh, in West Melbourne, we had talked to them about basing in Planet Shakers, but the Lord said to me, no, you're not to leave the western suburbs, you, you, you have to stay there. And there came a point a few years ago where, where the Lord just released us from that, and so we uh, went and talked to Pastor Russell and Pastor Sam about basing in the church there at Planet Shakers, and uh, we uh, made a very deliberate and absolute commitment to them, a surrender of our vision, our lives, our ministry, uh, to come under that mantle and to change everything that's not reflective of their DNA, their values, their mindsets. We, we, you know, we've been around, I, I gave my life to Jesus when I was five, I've been in church all of my life, uh, I gave my life to Jesus when I was five, so it's more than 20 years ago now, and so I've been around church all of my life. But we started again. We went back. We've gone through their new Christians course. We've gone through their DNA course. I said, well, you don't have to do that. I said, yes, I do. Because I want to learn how you tick. I want to walk in your footsteps. Because as I come under your mantle and I set about to be discipled according to, to what you carry and the way you think, then I begin to access what you carry. And I can tell you within a few months as we came under that and we're working to, to do that, I, when I'm away traveling, I listen to his podcasts. I listen to all of his leadership stuff all of the time. I plug in. I listen to their music. I like your pre-service music. Made me feel right at home. It's all planet shakers. Okay. Like, you know. and, and why did I do that? Because I understand see, how spiritual authority works. God only works through legitimate chains of authority. Only does. People that come out from under that and think they're hearing from God are deceived. They are not hearing from God. That's why they go off to do their own thing. No, the anointing flows from the head down through the body. And the Bible says every authority is ordained of God. Every authority. And, and so we position ourselves and we're not... One of the things I've learned is that when you position yourself under authority, even if that authority is wrong, God will honour your heart of discipleship and often bypass them when they're in area, error, but you still carry, you know, uh, the grace of God on your life. Anyway, how are you doing? We're not getting many amens. I've only had one preach it, brother. But it's nice that nobody's called out helping Jesus. That encourages me. There were four places they went, and I'm going to wind up now. You know, I'm circling to land. But sometimes when there's fog, it takes a while to, to land. The first place they were at was a place called Gilgal, which speaks about separation. And many of you would know in the story of history of Israel that it was easier for God to get Israel out of Egypt than it was to get Egypt out of Israel. 
So it's not so much about a moment of transition as it is about a process. And so Elijah had counted the cost to follow Elijah, but how many know every day that was challenged? Every day he has to step further away from who he is, what he's been, his roots, his, his perspectives, his preferences, his priorities. He's got to keep walking away from them every day in this process of discipleship. And he's in a process of preparation that will bring him into position for a power encounter that releases his purpose. It's the same for you and I. And so we've got to walk away. Um, then they come to Bethel. And Bethel means house of God. It's a place of a fresh encounter, of a fresh revelation. It's a place that you and I must come to every time uh, we take a step. We must hear from God again. And for those of you that may be here that are in any doubt about the process of Crossroads becoming uh, Church Unlimited, you need to put that at rest right now and hear the word of the Lord. Over two years ago, uh, I was in a conference, Pastor Tark was there, and um, we went, we'd had a bit of a conversation saying hello, and that was about it. But at the end of the conference, God gave me a word for Pastor Tark. It was very simple. But he said to me on the phone the other day that it brought about the most significant strategic shift in the history of Church Unlimited. Because part of that was the establishment of this campus and other campuses. So if you've got any doubt about the fact that you're under Pastor Tark's leadership under his apostolic mantle, you need to change your thinking. You need to be very clear that God's strategy was for a rapid increase in Church Unlimited throughout the nation. And he was accelerating that process. So a lot of things have happened very quickly within a couple of years. And uh, as I said before, you are not just in a new season, you're in a totally different era, and so you're on a process of becoming all that Church Unlimited is. The third place I came to is Jericho, which is a place of victory over the enemy, and part of discipleship is learning how to defeat the enemy. And uh, how many know there's always an enemy that blocks your way as an individual and corporately. And right now, there's a battle going on for the future of Church Unlimited and the purposes of God to be released in the terms of the multiplication through the nation. And for that to happen, there has to be that deliberate commitment on the part of every individual to adjust and embrace all that Pastor Tark and Church Unlimited stands for. The mantle's got to be transferred. And for me, it's a, the picture I felt the Lord gave me is that this issue of discipleship is like a Goliath that confronts Church Unlimited and uh, seeks to intimidate and stop the forward momentum and the outcome of what, go, what God intends. But, you know, God will allow a Goliath to confront you so that the David within you will emerge. How many know you've all got a warrior spirit on the inside of you? Come on. Come on, everybody can say amen to that. Come on. You've got a David inside of you. How is David going to emerge if you just have this cruisy kind of life? No, no. God will allow things to confront you both individually and corporately so that you mature, 
so that you stand up and you begin to exercise the authority you have in the name of Jesus so that you learn what it is to deny yourself and step into. See, the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. In other words, it's not a passive thing. It's an aggressive, intentional thing about the lordship of Christ being established and the kingdom of God being expressed on the earth in all of its power and glory. And part of that is in not wasting and not losing what other generations carry. Not just being part of a congregation where we walk in and out and enjoy a service and praise God. No, no, becoming a deliberate disciple of Pastor Tark and of Church Unlimited and embracing those values, those mindsets, those perspectives, those commitments to prayer, those commitments to being led by the Holy Spirit so that we begin to carry the same anointing and that Whangarei and Northland is totally transformed by the power of God. Come on, somebody. Then they come to Jordan, which means going down. Speaks to the end, coming to the end of ourselves, it speaks of death. And you will recall when Israel came to the Jordan River, it was in flood. Badly flooded, if you understand anything about the archaeology, they tell us that it could flood up to three or four kilometers wide at that point. So here they are, they're going to cross the river, but they know if they step into the river, they're going to be carried away by the current and they're going to drown. But they step into the river anyway. See, Jordan is about stepping into another dimension. It's about stepping beyond ourselves. Jordan is a place of miracles. It's a place of fresh encounter. It's a place of the transference of mantles. It's a place where we break through into another realm. Not limited by our own capacity, our own mindsets, our own abilities. No, no. Stepping into that scary place beyond ourselves where God's got to come through or we're done. How many know if God doesn't come through, you're done anyway, wherever you're hanging out? <laughs> And see, the water still parted for Elijah and Elisha. The water still parted for Elisha. And I believe the waters of Jordan still part for those people that have been into the process and gone through the preparation and find themselves in a position where they say, I'm not settling for more of what we've had. I'm not going to keep carrying what I'm carrying. I'm looking for something more. I, I want to step beyond myself into that realm of the miraculous, of the power of God, of, of that transition into my promised land, into all the prophecies being fulfilled, into all of the dreams being outworked, to see this nation shifted in the power of God and the glory of God. See, I want to be part of that. I don't want to be an observer. I want to be in the middle of it. And so I'm stepping into Jordan today, whatever it takes to be that disciple that will carry a greater mantle, a greater authority, a greater anointing so that something is forced to shift in the heavens and the glory of God begins to be released in greater measure. Come on somebody. Come on. Changing the name or even coming under Pastor Tark's leadership is not what this is all about. It's about something much bigger than that. It's about regional campuses that become catalysts for revival throughout the nation. And, you know, I I walked in and I've never seen these, but uh, what are you about? To ignite God's fire and power. (laughs) Call to the nations. There's an arrow of truth winning souls, an apostolic influence. Apostles were people that were sent not to conquer, 
They were sent to establish the culture of Rome in areas that had already been conquered. Jesus has already conquered. Come on. There's a battle going on to enforce that victory. But apostolic people are not about, well, they are about taking ground, but they're more about establishing the culture of the kingdom. That's what it's about. Embracing it, the lordship of Christ in its entirety in our life, touching every part of our life. And carrying what we do corporately. And I believe right now that God is looking for people who will make a deliberate commitment to become a pastor, become a disciple of your Elijah, Pastor Tark. Are people who will embrace whatever process is necessary to not just submit to Pastor Tark's leadership, but to learn to walk in his ways, adopt his mindsets, his perspectives, his values. People who determine to pay the price by engaging in a process of preparation that will put them in position to carry a greater mantle and to see the purposes of God fulfilled. Now, you may wonder how you can become Pastor Tuck's disciple when you're in Whangarei and he's down in West Auckland, uh, but that's not really the point right at the moment. Uh, I do know that there are strategies and processes being put in place that will help facilitate that. But right now, it's about a heart commitment. It's about where are you at. It's about a deliberate decision and determination. It's about people who will say, I'm making a specific decision to become a, par- a disciple of Pastor Targ, and I'll do everything in my power to make that happen. And if that's you, I want you to stand where you are this morning. Do not stand because others do. Don't stand because it seems the right thing to do. But if you're prepared to make a commitment before the Lord today to become a disciple of Pastor Tark and embrace everything he and Church Unlimited stands, stands for, I want you to stand to your feet right now. Just stand to your feet. <laughs> probably is, but you know what Paul said, my friend? (laughs) People have their own opinions, but you know the Apostle Paul, I was going to share this earlier, but the Apostle Paul said to the Corinthians on two occasions, he said, I'm your father, imitate me. And then later he said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. So you're given apostolic fathers so they can model something. Their fathers that are raised up by God to impart what they carry into future generations. It's not about, you know, there's always people, everywhere Jesus went, he caused division. There were people that rose up and people that didn't. People that embraced it, people that rejected. And this is your opportunity right now. I'm not going to draw it out. It's entirely up to you as individuals, but I'm calling you. I believe God has given me this word for the sake of his purposes in the various campuses, and he's looking for people that will just stand up and say, I'm going to be a disciple. I'm going to carry what he carries. I'm going to carry what Church Unlimited carries. So if that's you, this is your last opportunity. I want you to stand, and I'm going to pray. Right across this auditorium. Father, right now, you know what's going on in each of our hearts and minds. And Lord, we just pray right now, your grace to be upon this place, 
upon every campus, upon Pastor Tark and right through Church Unlimited. And Lord, the people right now that are wrestling with this decision and this process, Father, I pray that you'd just minister to them by your grace. People, Father, that, are, that have stood and they've already made that decision, already made that commitment to really embrace all that you want to do in and through this church and the other campuses, Lord, up and down the nation. Father, I pray you would just have your way. You'd give us grace to walk in the fullness of all that you intend at this time. And so, Father, I just release a fresh anointing over the lives of these people, a grace, Lord God. And Father, right now, people that need to shift their attitudes and and shift their thinking, uh, Father, I pray you'd give them grace to process what you are wanting to say and do in this hour. And Lord, I just commit them to you right now. In Jesus' name. Let's all stand together. Let's all stand right across this auditorium. Let's stand together. Just begin to reach out to the Lord right now. You know, I know that some of you, you know, you're processing, you're thinking, you're working it through. One of the things the Lord said to me just as I was leaving the house this morning to come here, was there are people here that, you know, you've struggled with the process and that's only natural. Uh, there's a challenge and, and in the process, you know, there have been unhelpful uh, attitudes that have developed and un, unhelpful things that run through your mind. And, and I just felt like the Lord saying, you know, people need to just uh, be healed of that, just to let it slip away, just to let it subside and just begin to, uh, you know, allow the Lord to have his way in the way you think and the way you see things. And Father, right now, for people like that across this auditorium, I just take authority over every negative influence, over the opinions of other people, break the hold of that, break the influence of it. And Father, I just release your grace today to help people process into all that you're calling them to in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. name. Come on, right across this place. Why don't you just begin to lift your hands to the Lord and just reach out to Him wherever you are, whatever you're going through your life at this moment, going through your heart and mind, just allowing the Holy Spirit to minister to you, heal you up and set you free, wrap His arms around you, the love of the Father just invading your heart and life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. 